celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. Gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Alrighty, alrighty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Wednesday. Yeah, we're beginning another week covering the great sport of Kings Las Vegas style right here in Las Vegas at Sports Talk 1400 AM. 107.1 FM as well. This is Race Day Las Vegas on this ninth, eighth day, make it the eighth day of November. In your year 2023, that is, of course, 1182023. We welcome you to the show. We come to you live and direct, of course, from this gaming capital. All right. We want to welcome all of our listeners uh, worldwide on the many different uh, audio streaming and platforms that we have, like our Ra- uh, Race Day Las Vegas websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global. Of course, your iPhones and your Androids with your KSHP apps. Stick it on your device. You can hear us now. The app. And, of course, anywhere you get your podcasting as well. We welcome you to the Race Day Show on a beautiful morning here in Las Vegas. 11, about uh, 12 minutes almost after 7 a.m. Pacific time here in Las Vegas. Sun is shining. Sky is blue. Ground is dry. And with the change of the clocks going back, we finally get to come to work again with daylight. Anyhow, uh, we're going to get up to uh, 70 degrees today. That's going to be at 70. Now, we're getting into a cooler weather because our overnight lows are going to be uh, in the low 40s to mid 40s. And then uh, the highest we're going to get is uh, seven days out. Next Tuesday, it'll be 79. But in the meantime, we're at uh, 75 uh, for Sunday, 72 for Saturday. Going to dip down to 69 Friday. And tomorrow, of course, will be at 70 degrees like we will top off today. And that is. The weather here in Las Vegas, just in case uh, you're here in Las Vegas or want to come to Las Vegas. Of course, you know, we have that uh, we have the Formula One race that's about to come here. And I could go on for an hour to tell you how the it has disrupted everything here in Las Vegas on the strip and all over to create the uh, the conditions for these Formula One racers to race down the uh, fabulous strip and 
and all around that they need to for their track here in the uh, in the town of Las Vegas. But we're going to have it. We're going to have a have Formula One race coming up. Uh, I believe it's on the 15th. Anyhow, it's coming up, and uh, you'll be able to see it on TV, I'm sure. Anyhow, uh, on today's Race Day Las Vegas show, we kind of want to kind of uh, wrap up, put a lid on uh, all of the uh, Breeders' Cup happenings. But at this time, I don't want to start this uh, show on a downer, but at this time, I... The top story from the Breeders' Cup from the time we left you on Sunday until today was the story about Cody Dorman. Now, this was the uh, the the uh, the kid, Cody, that had uh, what they call the Wolf Hirschhorn syndrome, and he was in a wheelchair. And of course, uh, you know, all the doctors said he wouldn't make it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he created a bond with the racehorse Cody's Wish. And you should know, I'm sure you do know, the story about how these two went through Cody's Wish, a fantastic racing career, and it got to uh, Breeders' Cup. And, of course, the the end of this great story happened at Breeders' Cup, where Cody's Wish dramatically won his Breeders' Cup race in his final race of his career. And if you're watching any of the feeds, if you're watching any of the news coverage, if you're watching any of the broadcasts, you saw this heartwarming story unfold with its final chapter as far as the racing was concerned with Cody's Wish in the winner's circle and with the interviews of the Breeders' Cup. Now Cody's Wish goes off to a stallion career. Cody Dorman and his family on the flight back from the Breeders' Cup to their home. Cody passed away. He passed away after the final chapter in the Breeders' Cup. Now, if this is not a award-winning Oscar-winning movie somewhere because it's all real life. This You don't even have to make up this story. Just chronicle it. It is amazing. And the, the devastation and the heartbreak that people across the spectrum had when they found out about this. And you, you, I'm sure you read all of the great postings out there that went on and on and on about his character, his fight, and the and the relationship that the two had together, the horse and this person, exemplifies everything that's good about the human spirit and the human soul. Now, I don't have, there aren't any words that I can think of in the Webster's Dictionary that's been created to really put, to describe and put a wrapping on this, except to say uh, I read m the multitude of posts out there, and they all were heartwarming and right. And the only post I had to put up there was, uh, I can't say anything more, except uh, we were blessed to uh, to witness in, 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 in the time of this story. 
It's great. So anyhow, uh, I just don't know much more to say about it, except uh, if you know, man. Okay. Anyhow, there's a, a lot of uh, things that are happening uh, since the Breeders' Cup. Of course, a lot of the horses, uh, some of the horses that were uh, competing in the Breeders' Cup wound up in the uh, Night of the Stars um, uh, sale at uh, the Phasic Tip in November uh, sale. Uh, and there were millions of dollars being spent, but one of the top uh one of the top horses that were sold would nest went to uh, Mr. Rapoli and Goodnight Olive, who won uh, a Breeders' Cup race, sold for six million dollars. So, as you know, after the Breeders' Cup, most of the horses, a lot of them, will be retired to their stallion or broodmare career because it just becomes too cost costly to keep them on the racetrack with the insurances and all that especially the kind of money that they can make in their second career in the in the breeding world. So a lot of them will be retiring, etc. Uh, one that is not is White Barrio, whose uh, connections say they're thinking about going to the Saudi Cup. So we're going to have a kind of a wrap-up on all this stuff coming up with Jonathan Hardoon standing by. He's got a list of things. And, of course, John Lindo will join us later, maybe even Jerry Jackowitz on this uh, Wednesday race day show. But uh, what a what a story. Hmm? Okay. We're just going to go to our first break. And when we come back, we'll give you the racing menu of today. And then uh, we'll kind of put a, a wrap and a bow on the uh, Breeders' Cup 2023. So don't go away. fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered.
Elevator from DRF.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the Race Day Las Vegas show. All right, back on the uh, Race Day Las Vegas show. Talking about the uh, sale of, uh, of uh, Goodnight uh, Olive. <laughs> she went for six, uh, what, $6 million. Her win in the uh, Breeders' Cup race, her jockey, Ired Ortiz Jr., received a three-day suspension for his ride on Goodnight Olive in the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint. Now, you saw the, we saw the ruling, and I go, what? There was no inquiry, and there was no objection in the race. He gets three days. Now, he still has three days uh, from a, 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 a disqualification, a suspension at Aqueduct. And so I guess he served one of those days. So he's going to serve Thursday and Friday at Aqueduct. Then they bounce him with another three days on a horse that won the race, had no inquiry, and no objection. I'm waiting for Jonathan Hardoon's take on that. And we'll get that right after this menu. Here's the menu of racetracks available today in your race books, simulcast centers, and racetracks around the country. Want to remind you, as we always do, the first post-entry broadcast on the show each and every day reflect that of the Pacific Time Zone. If you are not in the Pacific Time Zone listening to us on the many different platforms that we have that get us around the world, well, then adjust to the Pacific Time Zone from whatever time zone you're in so you don't miss anything. If you want to make a bet at a racetrack, like I miss mom and dad, okay? All right, here we go. Here's your menu for today. We begin with Parks Racing. Here's their jackpots. Pick five jackpots. One's 144208 The other one is 162251 Two jackpots at Parks Racing for the pick five. Their first post time is 9.05. Finger Lakes is next. Finger Lakes has a first post time of 9.15. 9.15 at Finger Lakes. Their pick six carryover is a traditional pick six, and it's a small carryover, $895. Next comes Mahoning Valley. Mahoning, Mahoning Valley has a first post time of 9.45. 9.45 at Mahoning Valley today. Then following that, You'll go to Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. Churchill's first post time is 10 a.m. 10 a.m. at Churchill Downs. And, uh, well, I guess they don't have any carryovers there today at Churchill. Churchill Downs, first post time is 10 a.m. Following that, Horseshoe Indianapolis gets underway at 11.30. Their Super High 5 carryover, regular Super High 5 carryover, 2,553 at uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis and their uh, first post time there is at 11.30. Following that comes Penn National. Penn Nat has a first post time at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. at Penn National. And then following that you have following Penn National, Ralph. Yes, you have Delta Downs. First post time is 3.15. 3.15 at Delta Downs. Charlestown is next. Their first post time is 4 p.m. with a pick six jackpot carryover of $27,362. And uh, 
And then you'll wrap it up with Remington Park. Remington Park's first post time is 5.05. 5.05 today at Remington. And that's your uh, your nine races on the uh, racing menu to start out this week. That'll wind up uh, on uh, Sunday, but uh, Saturday will be uh, Veterans Day. Veterans Day on Saturday. And I got to tell you, we were talking about what they did at the South Point for the Breeders' Cup uh, big viewing party on Saturday, where they surprised people there with a comp for two at any of the restaurants, not the buffet, but any of the restaurants they had at the uh, South Point. And so they hid these taped in envelopes under the seats of all of the uh, tables and chairs in the big ballroom. And so when they made the announcement, they said, turn over your seat and see if you have won a comp. But uh, the thing about that was, um, the thing about that was that uh, we, we uh, thought there'd be like three or four of them. Instead, it wind up where there was 42 different chairs with the comps of the uh, the restaurants in it. That's a major giveaway and a major gift to everybody. So 42 people are going to take uh, their, their significant other or somebody else and uh, get on a, a great uh, um, dinner on um, the South Point. It was just great. I say that because, like I said, come uh, Saturday is uh, the... Uh, Veterans Day. And South Point is doing another thing for veterans. Throughout the day, on Saturday, Veterans Day, a veteran and a companion will get a free buffet at their buffet on Veterans Day. You just have to, you know, produce your credentials of being military or retired. Any veteran that shows up at the South Point on Saturday We'll get a free buffet for two, and that's another big promotion there. They do so many good things for people. All right, uh, Jonathan Dardoon, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. Very classy move by South Point. Uh, they really give back to the players, and not many people do that anymore, and uh, certainly not in Vegas like they used to, but uh, South Point has not slowed down. And not to mention the fact that, um, not to mention the fact that, uh, you know, not only that, but uh, you know, it wasn't just one or two comps. It was like 42. 42, Ralph. If they gave 10, it would be amazing. Yeah. They gave 42. And, and not only that, and again, not only that, but you also have uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, the big promotion coming up for uh, Veterans Day this, this Saturday. It's a terrific thing. If, yeah. Listen, the, the veterans certainly don't get the respect and give back that they richly deserve. But uh, and what South Point's doing, it's it's terrific. It really is. In any case, um, we're wrapping up the Breeders' Cup, and you know, uh, uh, we might as well start with your thoughts, if you have any that you can add to the Cody uh, Cody Dorman thing. You you covered it really pretty well, but and it's just amazing. Everyone was thinking the same thing. I'm sure you know that he he lived as long as the horse's career was, and when the horse retired. And listen, obviously he didn't know, but there was this something, some connection to it. And you're right. If this isn't a movie, then they shouldn't make movies anymore. And they don't have to embellish it with any, you know, it does. It's, it, it's, 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 a, it's reality. They, all they have to do is chronicle the thing. It happened in real time and we witnessed it. Yes. 
And, uh, you know, uh, for all of the, uh, the bad stories that have happened to horse racing this year on national TV, this was, uh, this was a beautiful one, really. It really was. And, uh, it's, it's just a great story. You could, there's nothing more to say, Ralph. You no. covered it all, and uh, you're right. The, the posts say it all. Now, the ownership, you see, uh, they took Cody to a farm when this, this, this horse was born, and they had such a connection at the time that the ownership named it after Cody, but it was Cody's, and then Wish, the, uh, the name Wish comes from the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which has been a recipient of this as well. So there's just good stories all the way around here. It's just such a heartwarming story. It's it's amazing. All real. All right, now, let me ask you this. Ired gets three days for winning the Breeders' Cup. (laughs) Please, there were... How about we're going to get to the Ryan Moore situation in a minute. Yeah, give me me your thoughts on Ired, and then you can go to Ryan. I mean, it's what it was is Irad is really he's like a child out there. I mean, he's in a, a a major race, million dollar purse, and he has to play his games. He he crossed over on a uh, another horse inside of him, uh, Society Society Runner, I think his name was, or something like that. I had it and I lost it right. for no reason. He just dropped over on him. Nothing happened. There was no contact, but he just wanted to intimidate. Why? 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 Can't you just ride the race you're in and finish it? He, he he got three days, Ralph, and they did the right thing. Believe me, I'm the last one to take their side. In this case, they did the right thing. Um, I don't see any society. I see search results. Is that it? Uh, that's it. No. Um, society runner, isn't it? Uh, well, all right. Let me let me check. Okay, I'm sorry. I get the chart out. Society. Period. That's just the name of the horse. Is society. So society. Okay. That was that was the Breeders' Cup. I was looking at the distaff. It was the uh, Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, he crossed over on Gaffleone. On right. Yeah. Okay. Well. So by the way, you talk about jockeys. Paul Louis Sai is one for his last sixty in Breeders' Cup races, and he is a great rider. Yes. And he wins. He wins uh, meets at Saratoga at Gulfstream. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine one to sixty? Ouch! All right, now Ryan Moore, Ryan Moore, who uh, won his Breeders' Cup race, the Breeders' Cup uh, turf on Augusta Roden, got a twenty thousand eight hundred dollar fine and one day suspension by Heisa for a whip violation because he struck <laughs> the horse. One more time over the limit, Mr. Mister Hardoon. <laughs> Ralph, they're, <laughs> they're really crazy. Because here's the best part of it. After the race, if you went on social media, and I'm not kidding you, there were hundreds of posts how this was the greatest ride they've ever seen, yep. the greatest ride in Breeders' Cup, and then you read this ridiculous find the next day. And if he doesn't hit him that extra time, I'll bet the horse doesn't win. So it's just total craziness. What kind of fine is that? $28,000 for an extra hit? And guess what? Like, that's not enough. Let's throw in the one-day suspension. It's like going and having a 12-course meal and ordering a Diet Coke with it. That's how ridiculous. (laughs) That's why. I mean, he needed the one-day suspension. He needed a 28. Listen, Ralph, these people are out of of control. Not only that, they went and they raised their... uh, 
I don't know if it's salary or whatever, but they went from seventy-two million to seventy-seven million. Uh, their budget. Uh, uh, I still don't know what they do, and to get those kind of numbers, it's total madness. madness. Yeah, you're referring to HISA, which is the federal new authority that oversees horse racing around the, the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority. Uh, they want seventy-seven point five million fees <laughs> from state racing commissions and racetracks. Next year, for its op- operating budget, according to the documents Heisa posted on their website Monday night. So, and guess who's going to pay for it? Right? Oh, you That's know gonna who's going to pay for it? To the players, yeah, they're going to raise the take. They're going to raise. It's t- and please, somebody explain to me what they do. And even if you can explain to me what they do, can you possibly justify a budget like that of seventy-two million or seventy-seven million? It's out of control. They really turn these people loose, Ralph. And again, I don't know anything good they've done for the game. Well, um, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I know. I know. I'm waiting. I thought you were going to have an answer. I know what they do, uh, and I know what they try to accomplish. But I think uh, one, they don't have enough knowledge to do it right. Okay, they're still, in my words, uh, in my thoughts. Uh, a little bit wet behind the ears on on understanding the racing industry and applying the regulations that they want to to it. Uh, there's a lot of misinterpretation there. How did they come up with seven whoops as opposed to eight, nine, or ten whoops? I, I'm just curious. Well, and not only that, but it it again, you cannot generalize because horses are individuals. Some horses need more. Uh, yeah. attention, encouragement, intention, yeah, right. Than others, so again, yeah, it's, horses it's, are lazy. They're like people. You got a lazy guy, you, you know, you, yeah. you got to wake them up a little. Yeah, and again, they're using Nerf whips, Ralph. They're using Nerf whips. Yeah, so. I know it, it wouldn't hurt a fly, but anyhow, I guess it's a perception. So we'll deal. Uh, we'll deal with that. That's for sure. But just some odds and ends on Breeders' Cup. Uh, Bill Mott. <clears throat> he was the training star of this thing. He won uh, three uh, championship races. He uh, really did, and he's uh, he was he had the most success, you know, as far as the American trainers are concerned. Yeah. And it's surprising there was no home field advantage. You know, Backward got shut out, and usually in these kind of on these kind of days, you get a lot of horses that have you know that are stabled. In San Anita or whatever track it may be, yeah, the they local get a track. little yeah. bit of an edge. Yeah. They got no edge. Not the That's case. That's surprising. Ma- no. Now the, two- Euro- the Europe. Go ahead. Well, okay. let, me, let me finish this. So two of, of the, uh, the winners of Belmont successfully defended their titles from 2022. Do you know that? Cody's Wish repeated and Elite Power repeated. And, of course, Mott had that uh, Just FYI, uh, an offspring of uh, Justify, that won the juvenile filly. So, and another two trainers picked up two victories. He's Aiden O'Brien and Chad Brown. You were going to talk about the Europeans. Yeah. I mean, listen, they just dominate. We, we said it before. And uh, if you didn't believe it, well, you better believe it now because, uh, and, and John Lindo pointed it out at the seminar and yep. he's right. They know the right horses to send here. And uh, they, they just, every one of them, they have that, that burst of a 16th of a mile. It's like they explode and uh, it's amazing, but they really do. Yeah, it must uh, be that the, extra whip. It must have been that extra whip that made them explode. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that extra whip uh, did it. Huh? The Euros won five turf races over the two days. 
And, and uh, I. Red Ortiz Jr. won his fifth Bill Shoemaker Award. That, of course, is, uh, you know, uh, awarded to the jockey uh, that had the best Breeders' Cup performances. And even though he, he got tagged there. And along with his with winning the award, we now hand you a three-day suspension. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> to, in, to polish your award. And find find room on the mantle, because uh, <laughs> this was the uh, fifth time he was winning that thing. So uh, yeah, he's got to find more room on the mantle. That's for sure. But you know, we were talking. Uh, uh, you know, listen. I think this uh, overall over the fourteen races, if you compile them all, I think it was the most exciting, fabulous finishes cumulatively of 14 Breeders' Cup championship races we've seen, and I can't remember when. They were exciting finishes. However, of the 14 races, eight, eight were favorites in those races that got the victory. So people were looking for some, uh, you know, some big payoffs. Value. And, and, yeah. yeah, big payoffs as far as the win prices. They didn't get them as much as they did, but the races were exciting. And, and uh, for the most part, uh, the best horses won. And all I can say is if you were looking for the big prices, you should have been betting Superfectas and Super High Fives because those things were off the charts. Yeah, well, for the most part, like on a personal note, uh-huh. uh, you know, I look for value out there. Sure. Even, the problem was even if you didn't want to bet the short price horses and you decided to bet the short price horses, the, the horses that came underneath didn't make much sense either. So, <laughs> you know, it was one of those days. Unfortunately, it, it, it for me and for other people that I know, wasn't a great Breeders' Cup. But you're right. The racing itself was great. The the track on Saturday, no problems, which is a good sign. We want to make it through all days without any headaches. And uh, Santa Anita did put on a good show. There was some problem with the uh, Wi-Fi there on Friday, I heard. You know, the the handle was down, which was a little surprising to me because they were all full fields. No, but, but you, uh, had, you had a good take on why the handle might be down. Yeah, well... On on uh, Saturday on Saturday after they ran the classic, uh, you know, first of all NBC stopped covering it, so now they lost two races of uh, handle. Maybe maybe people had enough. So you, instead of it being fourteen races, it was really only twelve Breeders' Cup races. That's the way I looked at it, and it makes some sense. Well, uh, yeah, I think that is exactly the case. I think that uh, when it came it came off of the uh, major network and the classic was not the uh, the end race of the series, I think it affected some of the betting. That's for sure. But you know, along the way with five European horses, like you said, you thought that in most in most cases, when you have horses that are uh, training on and running on the local track that that's running, uh, and these are championship horses that they perform well because the familiarity there and the and the liking of the racetrack. But uh, did you know that uh, of the fourteen races, five Europeans, there were seven New York-based winners that won over the two days. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, now I do. <laughs> uh, just uh, just FYI. Okay, fierceness, which I thought was uh, one of the best. Races. That was one of the most impressive races yeah. of all. Cody's wish, good night, Olive, uh, White Barrio, Elite Power, all were uh, New York-based horses. Now, uh, got to ask you, in your opinion, I've got four races that stand out over the fourteen races that I thought were the the, the best the, the best races in the uh, series. But what about you? 
Well, I like I said, I thought Fierceness had the most impressive uh, win, and he really did. It, you know, it's unbelievable. He had two races coming in, both on wet tracks. First time out, he ran lights out, and then what? Mm-hmm. And he was also stretching out for the first time, so that was a question. I guess that's how you you get a payoff like that. But to me, that was the most impressive win of the. And that was in days. the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile on Friday. There was one other race uh, on Friday uh, that uh, a race that I thought was outstanding, and uh, that was well, actually two of them. There were big evs that surprised me. A European horse having a Southern California speed to him. He went right out there and, and took it to the other speed horse and kept on going for Mick Appleby, which was winning his. Oh, that fight. was the five furlongs. Yeah, race. the Breeders' yeah, Cup. They went twenty, I think, Ralph. Yeah. They went some crazy, crazy fast early pace. Yeah, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, and uh, Tom Markand also had his first win there. And then the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies were just FYI, looked the big favorite Tamara right in the eye put her away, and then pulled away from the rest of the field to win for Bill Mott. However, we now get the word that uh, Tamara uh, had a small fracture and a splint bone on her left hind incurred in that race. So we can probably put a little asterisk next to her performance. And we just lost Jonathan. All right, we'll get that back in a minute. Uh, I'm going to give you the other races that impressed me on Saturday. Then we'll go to a break and we'll get uh, Jonathan back because he just dropped off. Uh, the other races uh, on uh, on that impressed me most on Saturday was the Breeders' Cup Mile on the turf. Uh, this was where Master of the Seeds with Saddlecloth number 14 and breaking from post 13. Let's see. Is this, uh, Jonathan, you back? I'm back, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyhow, I was talking about I was talking about how the other races that impressed me were the Breeders' Cup Mile where Master of the Seeds, who broke from post 13, uh, not only did he have the longest route to finish, but the way he finished was phenomenal. I mean, he would just, he mowed him down. When you say mowing down, he mowed him down to win the Breeders' Cup mile. And, of course, uh, as we alluded to earlier, uh, August rode in with the ride by Ryan Moore in the Breeders' Cup turf. And uh, Wida Barrios' uh, overwhelming win in the Breeders' Cup Classic I thought was big, too. Well, he really had a great trip. I mean, he sat right behind the speed and, you know, he pounced at the right time. And you're right, they plan on pointing him for the Saudi. So Dutra does a terrific job. When this horse won in Saratoga, right away he shipped him to California and he pointed for the Classic. And right out of the Classic, he has his next race, you know, picked out for him. It's probably going to be the Saudi Cup. So. He's a great trainer, a great horseman, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit because he did a terrific job. It was bad news for Safi Joseph, who unfortunately lost the horse. Mm. If I was him, I'd be suing Churchill, but that's another case for another time. Yeah, because he, he had to be that. transferred um, at that particular yeah, time from Safi to another. Away. They right. took him a license away after the couple of breakdowns, and it turns out, obviously, it wasn't his fault because there were a ton of breakdowns in a short period of time around the derby, if you remember, and uh, he was they, the owners were forced to transfer the horse, and two weeks later, they give him back his license, and they say, we're sorry. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad they're sorry. <laughs> yeah, you really see, yeah, you are sorry, but not yeah. in the, not in the uh, context that we were talking about. Anyhow, uh, Breeders' Cup World Championship leading jockeys, Mike Smith still there with 27, although he blanked. John Velasquez and Irate Ortiz Jr. now ties John Velasquez with 20 each. And uh, Ryan Moore, he's got 14. He's on the leaderboard as well. So all in all, 
not not a bad uh, Breeders' Cup as all. Like I said, um, the there weren't a lot of big surprises, but there were a lot of exciting finishes. And uh, thank goodness, as you say, everybody went around there okay. No big uh, instances that we have to talk about. That's for sure, and that's always good. So. Any uh, to wrap it up, your thoughts before we go to a break and get John Lindo uh, jumping in. Uh, any thoughts uh, more about uh, your thoughts about no, the we, uh, Breeders' we Cup? About covered it, we about covered it all. I have one more stat to throw out there. Yes, sir. Um, Christopher Clement mm-hmm. won for his last 47 Breeders' Cup races. Oh, man. And there's a trainer that's got live horses in every turf race and won for 47. Wow. All right, uh, Tamara, by the way, with that little fracture in the splint bone, it's going to be out of training for at least two months, that's for sure. But The, inf- the impressive thing about F- FYI was doing it from the post that yeah, he had. Yeah, from Ralph. the outside broke from post. from an extreme at 12 posts like that, yeah. and he really ran well. I mean, you, you don't overcome posts like that easily. He did, and uh, that's pretty good. Now, my understanding is uh, Ripoli bought Nest at the, uh, the Stars, uh, you know, uh, well, he owned, half of, he owned half of the horse to begin with, yeah. so he bought out the partners because I guess the partners wanted to retire her, and uh, he said, no, let's give her another shot. So he had oh. to put up $3 million on the uh, $6 million dollar evaluation. Yeah. So in other words, so he's he, going to keep her in training because what I read is he thought he thought in his mind she had some unfinished business to take care of. Right, that's yeah. what he said in the interview after the sale last night. And good night, Olive, who won the race. She went and sold for six million. Yeah, so a couple of people got real rich now. Right off well, that breeders' cup. Most people were probably yeah. rich to begin with, but they got richer in a short, short and, period of time. Uh, another horse that uh, performed well on the racetrack, uh, Gunite, he's been retired from racing. He's in a stand at Coolmore. So the, these things happen all the time after the Breeders' Cup, after the year is over. Uh, the horses that you know, they're intending to retire or sell or syndicate or whatever is going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. Right, uh, Jonathan? <laughs> Yeah, the good news is that uh, you know we're going to have more stars next year. The bad news is we lose stars sometimes too quick in this game. But the good news, is, like I said, is you know there'll be other stories, and yeah. uh, next year we'll have more stars. Yeah, that's for sure. And and some of those stars shown bright uh, on Friday in the Breeders' Cup for the uh, future, uh, the stars of the future for the two year olds. All right, you want to hang around? I'll get John uh, John uh, Lindo coming in next. Sure. Okay. We'll be right back then. Don't go away. Racing is fast and exciting at the picturesque Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park racetracks in Ontario, Canada. Woodbine Standard Bread, home of the Pepsi North America Cup, a summer classic. Pebble Beach in Iran. And Woodbine Thoroughbred, home of the historic King's Plate. But the mighty Philly has devastated them. Full fields, exotic wagers, iconic events. Play Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Standard Bread today at your favorite wagering location. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. 
Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All righty. And now we'll bring in uh, John Leno to join uh, Jonathan Hardoon. John, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? <laughs> good. How are you? All right. Uh, John, uh, I... You know, like I asked Jonathan, a thought about the uh, Cody's Wish story. Oh, just, uh, you know, it, it's really sad. I, I'm glad that uh, the family was able to get out here uh, and they got to watch the horse perform. And, you know, he wins a second Breeders' Cup by a nose. Uh, just, uh, I was shocked when when John Hardoon sent me the news. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, my, my best to the family. Uh, like you say, the if this isn't a natural a movie story, because you can't make this up, mm-hmm. everything that went on, and and there'll be a long-lasting positive influence that uh, this young man has provided, not only for the racing industry, but for, yeah. for people in general. John, I got two things to say about this aftermath. One, if this is not made a movie, they don't know, they're out of their minds. Two, Santa Anita Racetrack should uh, put up a graded stakes race for at least $300,000 at seven furlongs for the sprinters and name it the Cody Dorman Handicap in honor of him because he was there at their facility last in this unbelievable end of this story. If they don't do that, there is really something wrong. Well, I don't think they'd get any arguments. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, I've been after them to try and get a race named after Lafitte Pinkai for, for a decade. And they should that, too. They should, that. Yeah, they should do that, too. Come on. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, your your uh, thoughts, uh, Breeders' Cup, uh, you know, now they've had a couple of days to think about it. But, you know, the, the word that comes to mind, Ralph, are, are the gaps in, a, in ability from the European turf horses to the ones we have in oh. North America. It, it, it's unbelievable how, how good those horses are. And I, I think we saw something in, in this Breeders' Cup. We were, you know, at Santa Anita, the California horses were zero for 33. Woo. And, and with the purses back east, uh, so big and the slots infused purses, are we starting to see some erosion of quality in, on the California circuit? Now, now Bob Baffert is still going to have, you know, top, well-bred, expensive two-year-olds. But in general, the, the stakes horses out here, are are they as good as some of the other places around the nation? You have to wonder a little bit now. So we'll see if this continues. But 
this was this was a telltale sign to me. Over thirty three on your home track under perfect conditions, and uh, you know the National Treasure got close, but basically the California horses didn't get a sniff. Yeah, Jonathan, uh, do you see the pendulum swinging a little? He's right. He makes a great point. I mean, you know, again, it was only one year, so but I'd like to go back and study the last couple of. Breeders' Cups mm-hmm. that were held in in Southern California and see if it's the same trend because John makes a great point. You know that that is something to really look at. You know they had horses that ran well in California and they just didn't show up in the Breeders' Cup races. Well, you know, with the exception of the Baffert horse that got beat a nose, but for the most part, zero. Yeah, and and John, you are absolutely right about the Europeans. I mean, not only did they win those races, but they won them with unbelievable uh, performances. I mean, Master of the Seas. How can you? How can you? You can't describe it. You just got to watch that race. <laughs> and how about in Spiral? She was yeah. kind of blocked, and when she angled out, and, and this was a miler going a mile and a quarter. She exploded that last eighth of a mile, and she galloped out five lengths in front of the Philly and Mare Turf. Just spectacular performances by the Euros on the grass. And I'll give Stan Anita credit for this. You mentioned so many favorites won. For the most part, I think the best horse won every Breeders' Cup race. There weren't a whole lot of sob stories or bad beat stories. The best horses won. Yeah, and uh, I guess Droden, what a ride that Ryan Moore gave that horse. Woof. Well, apparently Heath doesn't think so, but I thought it was a pretty good ride. Did, did anybody ever say to you, well, that was so abusive, that was awful? Oh, Heck come no. on. The horse was practically kicking people down when he came to the winter circle. He was still so fresh. Come on. I'm oh, man. curious to know how they came up with six whips as opposed to seven. or any, Where did they find that number? Um, somebody has to tell me. John, you can blame California for that. They adopt the California yes. rule, and and the, you know we're the ones that arbitrarily decided that uh, six strikes was enough, and seven is a is a penalty, and and uh, he's adapted that rule, and it's kind of you know gone and gone around the nation. Don't ask me how the California Horse Racing Board determined that six was the magic number. Uh, all I know is I'll watch races, and I can tell if a if a, ho- a horseman, a jock is being abusive or he's just riding to win. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think we crossed that line with August Rodin in, in, that, in the big race. Here's the thing. Again, we talk about Heisa, how, okay, if you want a national authority, you want a national, uh, you know, uh, regulations and, and rules and all that, that's fine. But have people who are professionals in the game understand the game when they're applying and creating these rules. And as you guys said, you know, who, who said that six, six might be enough for one horse, four might be enough for another horse, and eight might be uh, the right one for one horse. You've got to know and you've got to understand. Like you said, John, you're looking at the race. Nobody at all thought this horse was abused. How about examining the horses when they come back? Well, that was. Yeah, but having, what, what, go look, see if a horse has a welt on him, see yeah. if a horse has an open cut on him. Right. How about doing it that way? Doesn't that make a lot more sense? Well, didn't I say that, what, about a, a, uh, six, six weeks ago when we were talking about it? You take the, you're, you're taking the horse to the receiving barn to get tested uh, there. You can do that test at the same time in the receiving barn. You know, giving the the jockey uh, the days is going to be the same thing either way. But at least you, you'll have professionals who are going to say, yeah, you know, I guess this horse needs a little bit more encouragement. But there was no, no, no harm to him. 
Well, Ralph, the other thing that's not taken into account when you give an arbitrary number like that, some horses will run through a brick wall, but other horses are pack animals, and they want to follow instead of lead. you got to coerce them, hey, it's time to go up to the front, let's get there. And not only once you get there, you got to stay there. So you got to remind them the game's not over. Mm-hmm. And it's not abusive. It's just, you know, you, you're doing what you're supposed to for the racing. And it, and it, it, like you guys have mentioned, you know, the whips that are being used these days, these crops, yeah. they're not damaging at all. No. But, uh, John, all in all, uh, the 14 Breeders' Cup over two days, uh, give it a rating. Oh, I, I'd call it probably a, a, a B plus, A minus. The only yeah. thing, you know, I, I would knock again. I thought the, the best horses won, but you know, the experience, you get one chance, Ralph, to make a good first impression. Mm-hmm. And you know, when the guy, when the people went to the track on Saturday, if you're sitting at the eighth pole, you couldn't hear the race calls. Oh. And a lot of people who wanted to play off their phones couldn't play because the Wi-Fi was inferior. Oh, so in other words, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the Breeders, right. it wasn't the Breeders' Cup competition. It was the facility and on all the things. Things that uh, you know from right, right. But as far as the competition yeah. itself, you know, besides all the late scratches by again the the vet protocols, uh-huh. I thought the the competition was terrific. Yeah, yeah. The right. races, the racing themselves, the races themselves were, were terrific. Like yeah. you guys said, it, it's the, the surrounding stuff that <laughs> maybe people didn't have the greatest experience. And yeah, they get the, frustrated and they're not coming back. Not only that, they're paying top dollar for everything. It costs yeah. money to go in. It costs money to park. You know, and to have a bad experience like that, who needs it? They'll stay well, home and play. I'll tell you one way to, to correct that. South Point. Damn right. <laughs> Because I know, I know the food there, the beverages and everything else, plus the 42 people they got uh, comps for dinner for two afterwards as a kind of like surprising freebie to them. Uh, how they treated people and what they did for them at South Point from the time they did the seminar on Friday and opened up the big brawl room right through the end of the races there was just uh, truly, uh, they really showed how much they they love this game and the horse players. The big thing is they showed how much they like their customers and the horse players. That's for sure. And now you know what's next on the agenda. You know what now we talk about. Are we going to start discussing horse of the year? You got it, pal. We're going to start <laughs> discussing horse of the year. We've got about uh, forty-five seconds. So first blush, Hardoon horse of the year. Oh no! Uh, let's go with Cody's wish. John? Based on the stories, I don't know how Cody's Wish does not win the Horse of the Year. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, sometimes there are some years, and there have been in the past, where Horse of the Year should have been like a dead heat for Horse of the Year, too. But you're right. They never did that, and they probably won't do it again today, uh, this year. But I will say this. If Cody's Wish wins it, you won't hear one complaint from anybody out there. That's for sure. Well, we wrap up this show. Jonathan, do you have a horse for us at Churchill, by the way? I do, I do, I do. I got to go back to the deck. Fourth race today, Ralph. Number two, Malibu Smart. Three-year-old filly was claimed out of her last race by trainer Aaron Shorter. Uh, Rafael Barrano aboard to ride. He double jumps off the claim. I like number two, Malibu Smart. Eight to one on the morning line to upset and win today's fourth race. Doggy. Fourth race, Churchill, number two. Easy to remember, folks. Fourth race, Churchill, number two. Jonathan has a full sheet for Churchill today. And, of course, Delmar opens Friday. And we'll be back to start covering it tomorrow as well. Thanks a lot, gentlemen. Hey, by the way, can I get it in stereo? Go ahead and say it. Have a great race day, everybody.